Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, as promised, I will continue the War Diaries about a beautiful Polish couple, Paul and Amber welcoming Ukrainian refugees into their home. War Diaries, April 25th, 2022, day 61. I met Iker in the kitchen this morning, busily making a pot of coffee for everyone, breakfast for Darius, cereal for himself, and couldn't help but notice as he skipped into place at each point of duty, how vibrant he seemed. Penny Amber, he said, I have the most exciting news I have heard from my parents, and they are safe after a very dangerous road. He burst out suddenly with news that came through all in one breath. I gave him such a hug, which he cheerfully accepted. Iger's parents were able to escape from a town near Kharkiv in occupied Ukraine. They are in their early 60s in good health, and Iger is their only child. The road they had to travel was mined on either side with undetonated bombs placed there by the Russian army. It's the width of the vehicle that decides whether you die or break out. A car, for example, will have more of a chance at this than a bus or military transportation. This is designed to keep civilians in and humanitarian aid out. He said he was on the phone with them throughout yesterday. He was radiant. His parents made it back to their apartment, which had not suffered much damage, and his mother was of two minds about coming to Poland. What about our things, she asked. We'll buy new things, he reassured. Mama, he consoled her. We have each other, our lives. We have to begin again and remember that the most important thing is each other our lives. He says this a lot, our lives. I told her this, Penny Amber, and she agreed. She said, okay, they will come. The car is in Daria's name, so they can't cross through Russian territory into Lithuanian. They must come by way of another border, in this case, Poland. Iger was beside himself with joy, And that was even before I revealed we had one more room available, room seven. It's small, but has a double bed, a private shower, and a lovely view. To see the upsurge in his excitement was quite something to behold. It's a day of noticing how the human spirit can overcome its obstacles. We are looking at renting a small house here in the village for an overflow of residence. We are creating an artist studio for those who express themselves in this way. We are providing two sewing machines for others who are professional seamstresses. One of our mothers makes wedding dresses. Yes to weddings, paintings, drawing, dancing, writing plays, reading poetry, making movies, studying Polish, 
yes to this. Yes to the human spirit, which will not be defeated by this surge of war. She sent me a link to an article in the European Journal of Psychoanalysis. I admit at first it did upset me, but then I came back to center and realized that engaging a political argument with another who attempts to psychologize it is a trap. As hair-raising as this article reads, it's important that it be read. It represents a serious and dangerous breakdown of human ethics, of a moral code in peril. And I would ask from all of us reading this today to consider that the Ukraine is not the only place in the world suffering from the disruption and chaos of war. How do we as individuals keep an eye on our code of conduct? This article is in the journal psychoanalysis.eu and it is called Psychoanalysis in the War, a debate with Russian colleagues. I will have the link at the end of this. I'm sure those of you who read the news on a regular basis probably know that these occupied towns are displaying Russian flags using Russian currency and Russian civil servants in place. Another upsetting fact in this war that rages on, rectors from the most famous Russian university signed a document approving the attack on the Ukraine, not to mention the complicity of the Russian Orthodox Church. Do you see how the words leadership, Christian, teacher, judge, church, school has degenerated such that it carries almost no impact? These words have detached, insincere, and hollow sound. The meaning of these words are eroding from the inside out. Upon what foundation do we expect our children to stand? War Diaries, April 30th, 2022, day 66. We have always had wars and personal catastrophes. This is from Marie-Louise von Franz from Take Back the Opposites interview. We have always had wars and personal catastrophes. I have no more personal fear much about that. I mean, at my age, but the beauty of all the life, to think that the billions and billions of years of evolution, to build up the plants and the animals and the whole beauty of nature, and that man would go and out of sheer shallow foolishness, destroy it all. And that all life would go from the planet and we don't know, I think it's so abominable. I try to pray that it may not happen. A miracle happens. I think one shouldn't give up. If you think of answer to Job, if man would wrestle with God, if man would tell God that he shouldn't do it, we would, if we would reflect more, Young never thought that we might do better than just possibly sneak around the corner with not too big a catastrophe. When I saw him last, he had also a vision while I was with him that there he saw, said, I see enormous stretches, devastated, enormous stretches of the earth. But thank God it's not the whole planet. I think that if not more people try to reflect and take back their projections and take the opposites within themselves, there will be a total destruction. Once again, this was from Marie-Louise von Franz. 
It's Saturday and in every respect, that's what it feels like. Altogether, if I close my eyes, I'm five, five again living on North Boulevard with Mr. Willie, came to mow the yard, and Billia May was in the kitchen making her legendary breads, lemon meringue pies, which perfumed the house right up to the third floor attic. The sun shone differently this day. The smells from the kitchen mixed with the honeysuckle in bloom meant it was springtime in Houston on a Saturday. If I close my eyes, I am five. My life has yet to unfold and I'm caught up only in the smells and the sounds around me. And now a new one has emerged. Someone must be ironing. I can smell the starch as it fuses with the steam to make a stiff press of my father's worksheets. I think of nothing but what I can hear and smell and perhaps later a trip to the five and dime store or an ice cream at the soda fountain. These are the boundaries of my world at five. Saturdays and the sound of the lawnmower will always take me back to North Boulevard to this time of being five. Like it does today in Shihu. The weed whip is in full commission and Zoya is ironing in the library. The children are playing inside and out. Jordan is drawing. Andre is looking at books. The water has been cut off for goodness knows what reason, and we're awaiting our special visitors tomorrow. Four women who escaped Maripol. They were caught by the Russians, taken to the Ursals, escaped again, and made their way to Poland through Belarus. The boundaries of our world at Shihuf. One could hardly imagine that a war rages, a war within driving distance. Within this reach, women are being raped and other beastly crimes committed. There are strangers in my house. I woke up this morning with a start as one does when temporarily forgets the day before. I was thinking about the morning after pills being sent to the Ukraine. It's rather extraordinary that we send them automatically like we do the weapons. Everything is distributed in such a pragmatic and rational way. Here's a box of pills for the ladies raped. Here's a box of bullets for the soldiers. If I had a poet's skill, I'd take the time to consider this aberration. The single heart cannot hold or contain these acts of violence without expiring. It has to set it outside of itself. I've often imagined if all the single hearts in the world sent attacks to one another and made a date to show up at the border, the one within driving distance, and all these single hearts, millions of them joined together, arm in arm, forming a human shield and stormed the war, would we be bigger than the bullets? Would we be able to overtake these crimes against humanity? The women being raped? I never thought about Rose Kienwitz in the middle of the countryside with Russian shoulders to one side and Germans on the other, not in the light, possibly being raped, which she wasn't, but it, that it had never occurred to me points to my naivety. Bossy reminds me that her mother was not raped either, though she would have been an easy target in the fields of Siberia. There were no toilets, so one had to just relieve oneself in the open. This is one side to the day, but then there is the other. For each determination, the macrochism has its microchism. There is the war and its horror, its destruction and monstrosities. 
There is also the human imagination. There is creativity to reflect. There is a way, another way. Jordan reminds me that I miss the race when I'm thinking too much. The art studio is now its own organism of action. It is only a question of waiting for the first boxes of art supplies to arrive. They are being donated from a former art teacher in Kentucky. We will ask for a suitable flooring to be donated and build a few shelves for storage, add a water basin, a few drop cloths, and we're on our way to making art at Shehoof. We will teach classes to the children, engage them in activities of drawing, painting, working with clay and paper cutouts. Strangers in my house, what do I mean? Those in exile here should be at home. In a world where we do our psychological work, these talented, creative, imaginative, hardworking people would have reminded, remained strangers to me, passers-by. I might have seen one or two of our residents in Lviv a few years ago. I might have crossed in front of them on the road or sat next to them at the opera or brushed against them in the marketplace. When strangers become intimate, it is a colorful and painful destiny. We have to carry each other even if from time to time we irritate one another. There is no high highfalutin talk around here about high-handed morals or fireside chats about the meaning of God. The atmosphere is more of disquietude mixed with cordiality and hard work. Everyone carries their measure of bitterness and hope. Personally, I would like to live in a world where raping women is not a practical matter and one to be dealt with by rational means. The first war I watched was the one my brother was in, the Vietnam War. It was the first televised war, and the 30 minutes of nightly airtime it received was nearly impossible to bear. This must have been so, as there was a great disconnection within the psyche, as I couldn't associate what I saw in these images with my brother and where he was and what was happening to him. Was he running for his life like those soldiers on the TV? Was he hurt? Was he frightened? Could he actually be killed? How did this work? The only thing I could understand was to protest. I didn't know what else to do. So when I was suspended from school for three days for joining the march against the war, I felt as if I had somehow joined him. I participated in this war with him. I too had suffered a consequence. It was the connective tissue that held us together, at least in my mind. I am not dreaming too far into the future. I'm keeping close to the hour, but I am definitely imagining the easels in the studio, the smell of paint, the sound of the water as it rinses the brushes at the day's end, and the lawnmower on Saturdays. Soon the world may grow tired of this war and its, war and its victims. It may move on to the next global crisis. But here at Shehoof, while we may grow tired, we must wrestle with God, wrestle with ourselves. We must abide by each other daily and perhaps, if inclined, continue to hope. Tonight, before I go to sleep, I must remember to tell God that he shouldn't do it.
Thank you so much. And I'll be back with more stories next Monday.